live from the Fremont Theater in Portland, Oregon, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. May the narrative be with you. All right, folks, I am a grown-up, independent woman. I am. I make my own money. I own my house. I kind of kick ass at my job. I'm raising two great kids, and let's face it, even my dog is above average. I love the life that I've built for myself. I'm really comfortable with where I am, except for about a year ago. I, out of nowhere, had this disturbing discomfort, unidentifiable sort of feeling that I couldn't place, I couldn't put a name on it, and I wasn't sure where it's coming from until I finally realized that, oh my God, this is loneliness, which is very unusual for me. This is not like me. I do a lot of stuff alone. I go for hundreds of miles of backpacking trips, just me and my feet. I will vacation in foreign countries by myself. I take myself out to restaurants alone. I even go clothes shopping alone. And ladies, men with ladies in your lives, you just know that's weird. <laughs> but I'm okay with it. This is actually quite comfortable for me. I enjoy my own company. So where is this loneliness thing coming from that doesn't make any sense to me? So I began to analyze the problem because that's what I do. And if you're gonna solve the problem of loneliness and you don't wanna be alone, well then you go out and you find people. So I you know, put myself in some meetup groups, I reactivated my OkCupid okay profile, you know, uh, and I just got out there. I called all my friends and my family, hey, let's make plans, I'll throw a party, let's have dinner. It wasn't working. And I, I came to think of it as a little bit of like the atomic model. Bear with me here. So if you think of an atom, you've got the protons in the center, and then you've got the electrons that kind of circulate in the shells around the nucleus. And the shells describe specific paths around those protons, and they actually also have a limit on how many electrons can be in each shell. So when you think about the outer shell that can hold the most electrons, it's also the weakest connection, the lowest energy, and um, the easiest electrons to attract and the easiest ones to shed. And what I realized is that Meetup and OkCupid, I was just adding more electrons to that outer shell, which for the record was already full. <laughs> so how about that middle shell of, of the atom? I was leaning very heavily on my middle shell. I was calling my friends, I was making plans with my family, but despite the best intentions, that wasn't working either because we're all just busy. We're busy people. We've got little kids, we've got aging parents. We are trying to keep up our homes. We're at the peak of our careers. And despite everyone's best efforts, every time plans fell through, my empty evening would just feel that much sadder. And that's where I finally nailed it. It was the inner shell around the proton, the highest energy, the closest bond. And uh, <laughs> particle, chemi 
particle physicists will tell you that that shell can only hold at maximum two electrons. Mine was empty. I go on vacation, there's nobody to take my picture. When I leave for a trip, nobody misses me enough to come pick me up at the airport when I return. When uh, the only person who ever celebrates, plans my birthday celebration for me, is me. And so I was thinking, all right, well, I, I get the problem, I get the problem. And right about that time, there was this video kind of making the rounds on the internet of this charming rabbi telling a story about a lobster. And the, the homily goes like this, that the lobster is a soft and fleshy creature that, um, that armors itself with a shell that grows around the outside. And uh, the soft, fleshy creature inside the shell continues to grow, but the armor can't grow with it. So it starts to get very uncomfortable in there. And so the lobster kind of has to find a sheltered spot to shed the armor and be terrifyingly vulnerable for as long as it takes it to grow a new shell that fits its new self. And uh, the rabbi says the moral of the story is that discomfort is a signal for growth. Well, you, you don't have to tell me that twice. I'm a smart cookie, I get it. This discomfort was my signal to grow. Great, so I started doing my research, because that's what I do. And, um, <laughs> and for, was I supposed to like learn a new language? Was I supposed to like start coding in Python? I, I, I couldn't find, the next page of the instruction manual was missing. And so I had to seek out a new source of wisdom. So that's when I went to visit the psychic. And <laughs> let that sink in. This sciencey analytical chick sought life advice from the unknown. So I went to the psychic and I sat in her reading room, which was a lovely little sunny patio with wicker furniture and floral cushions and like shelves of self-help books. No incense anywhere, all right? No lit candles, there was no, not a single shrine to the bodhisattva. And I'm like, how can I be sure you're a psychic? Because I'm seeing no signifiers of psychicness here. So I sat there and she came in and she was grounded. She was competent. She gave me a really good handshake. And I'm like, all right, this defied all my expectations, but let's just get this going. So without preamble, without background or context, I just asked my question. Why am I lonely? So the way she does her thing is she holds something that's been close to you for a while and kind of absorbs your energy from it. So she was thinking with my reading glasses and she just listens. And she said, the universe is asking to hear your voice. By finding your voice, you will find your tribe. Well, that blew my mind. Because how counterintuitive is that? That if you're lonely, the solution is not to reach out. The solution is to reach in. All right, well now I have the next page of the instruction book. And finding my voice, that's easy too, because guess what? 
I'm a storyteller. <laughs> I always have been. You can parachute me onto a stage under a spotlight and I know what to do. You know, that's my jam. So <laughs> it's true. You go to uh, an awkward work function or you're standing in a long line with a bunch of strangers. I'll just roll out some anecdote about some misadventure that I had and we can all have a good chuckle at my expense. That's just how I navigate the world. So it's like, okay, I'll do storytelling. But the problem is all those anecdotes of my misadventures were fake. They were performances. They were true as far as that goes, but a lot of them were instances where I was legitimately hurt, scared, and yes, usually all alone. But that's not how I tell it. I would only tell the story if I could end with the punchline. I learned these lessons the hard way so that you don't have to. So what would it take for me to tell those stories the real way? So of all the different storytelling opportunities in Portland, I chose the art of the personal narrative. And what I learned in these last few weeks with this wonderful team is that uh, the way to tell a story that's real is that you pick a topic that you really don't want to touch. And then you work that topic relentlessly for weeks in a room with strangers. Well, friends you haven't met yet. And then you get up on the goddamn stage and you tell that story. So this is the night that I get to find out if it's gonna work. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> so, <laughs> so maybe, maybe this is how I find my tribe. Is my tribe among my fellow workshoppers, my mentors? That's maybe, they're wonderful people. Is my tribe in the audience? That's possible too. You now know a heck of a lot more intimate details about me than most people in the world. Or is my tribe somewhere in my future? That's a definite yes. Because the universe was asking to hear my voice and now I'm learning to use it. <laughs>